Jerome Valdespool is winning. Well, this one is easy. He's playing a game he co-created with Matthew Blanchett, the guy he's competing against. I need to play more. They're both computer scientists at McGill University. The screen shows colored blocks, orange, green, blue, and purple. The point is to match up as many blocks of the same color as possible. <laughs> Completed. Completed. Yep. Jerome wins this one. The game's called Philo, not Philo as in the dough, but Philo, P-H-Y-L-O, having to do with the study of genetics. The game's simple to learn, and yet it helps solve a complex problem in the study of DNA. It's a problem that Guillaume Bork, a geneticist at McGill, runs into all the time. Hey, Mike, guess what you say? At his home across town in Montreal, Bork introduces me to his rambunctious Jack Russell Terrier. So I have my dog here. His name is Mac. Even though, obviously, it's a very different animal, there's lots of things that, that we share with him. Things we share biologically, that is. Both humans and dogs have two eyes, a brain, four limbs, a heart, and we also share genes. The genes aren't exactly the same between Bork and his terrier, but they're pretty close. Now those genes make up just a small portion of our DNA. The vast majority of our DNA does not contain genes. It's, uh, it's quite a challenge to understand how it works and what it does. Some of the DNA that sits between our genes is clearly important. For instance, there are sections of DNA that control when a gene gets activated. But identifying these DNA segments is hard. So scientists look for where our genetic code matches closely with the codes of other species. If humans and dogs, for example, share a segment of DNA, it's probably doing something critical, since evolution's preserved it over millions of years. Now, finding those patterns in the DNA, that's something computers don't always do very well without eating up a lot of computing time. Humans, on the other hand, can often do a better job and more quickly. And that's where that game called Philo comes in. To understand, you might head out onto a busy street, as I did with Jerome Valdespool, the co-developer of the game. You see you have different colors in a, in a tree, in the grass here. We're surrounded by trees and grass and buses and buildings, and yet our brains quickly make sense of this complex array of colors and shapes. Your brain is processing all this information in some coherent way. He says that's how we navigate the world. We're good at recognizing visual patterns. Looking out at a sea of cars, for example, it's simple to spot three of the same color right next to each other. For you, it seems natural. When you do it, it seems easy. It's not because it's easy. It's because you have billion years of evolution that trained you to, uh, to acquire this capacity. This is what the game relies on, our natural ability to spot visual patterns. Players click on colored blocks and move them left or right to line up blocks of the same color on different rows. Each row of blocks represents a short DNA segment from a different species. Co-creator Matthew Blanchett. When a computer tries to solve the problem, it will always try to solve it the same way, the way it has been program to solve it. Whereas humans, uh, because we don't tell them how to solve it, they'll have different strategies that will provide us with a variety of different solutions, some of which will turn out to be better than those found by the computer. <laughs> 
So asking a lot of people to solve the same problem often gives the best results, and that's what Valdespool and Blanchett have done. They've crowdsourced the game. They've put it up on the web for anyone to play, and many are doing just that, about 500 people a day, the scientists say, from all over the world. Valdespool credits Philo's success to its simple and appealing design, and the fact that it's not like most other computer games, where time spent is time lost. Potentially, your game will uh, improve the data, and this data would be useful to solve a disease and save the life of someone. It's a bit uh, the long-term uh, vision of this. Guillaume Bourque, the geneticist with the Jack Russell, considers the game's potential impact to be more subtle. I wouldn't expect that somebody's actually going to be with a puzzle. You know, there's going to be a, a flash, uh, a bulb that's going to light up and, you know, says, well, but by the way, you've solved this disease. Still, Bork admits the game holds promise for helping scientists solve real genetic problems. And co-creator Jerome Valdespool says the game offers players an unusual kind of mirror. It's like humanity is having a look at itself and a look into its genome. Even more of humanity will be able to look into its genome now that the Philo team has translated the game into Russian, Chinese, Hebrew, and several other languages. The multilingual version of the game goes live on the web this week. For Nova and the World, I'm Ari Daniel Shapiro, Montreal.